Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm Brandon David, your host. Really interesting show all about distribution, both B2B and B2C with Tim of Blackbird, which is a Reno-based distribution company, but now is all over Nevada and coming to take California. Fascinating discussion about how they've married their service operations with a software suite as well. Uh, Really great stuff. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Hey, everybody, I want to take just one minute to talk about an exciting new business that producer Eric and I have launched. Uh, It's called Balanced Advisor, and we're helping startups with everything from capital preparation and accounting to video content, a whole bunch of great, great packages. You can check those out at balancedadvisor.com. If you've been listening to this show, we're coming up on 100 episodes, three years. I hope that you've learned a lot from it. Uh, And if you'd like to learn even more, if you want to engage engage with us, ask questions about your specific business. If you have a startup and you need some help, let us know. Tim, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Distribution, one of the most important conversations in the cannabis industry. But first of all, welcome. Uh, Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get started just on an easy one. What is Blackbird? Um, Blackbird is a distribution and transportation company servicing the cannabis industry, both in Nevada and California. Um, And we are sort of, what's special about us is we're equal part software and operations. So every offering that we have has both pieces incorporated. Got it. Yeah, no, very important sort of delineation there. Uh, kind of set the landscape for me. I mean, as I understand it, there's some people that just purely do transportation. There's people that sell products on behalf of brands in stores. Kind of put yourself in the landscape, if you would. Yeah, definitely. So we are sort of logistics uh, experts. Um, that's our background previous to Blackbird and what we sort of set out to do as we started Blackbird. So we really see ourselves as... Um, trying to relieve an operational pain point for cannabis operators um, and not so much as marketers, advertisers, and salespeople on behalf of brands. Mm -hmm. So we really come in and complete the last mile, whether that's to a retailer or from a retailer to a consumer. Um, And that is our, you know, that's our lane. We try and stay in it. Um, And we found it to be a little different than other distribution models like you mentioned. Yeah. How did you come to that decision? Uh, I know we're going to talk about your background in the in the courier industry, but um, I guess, how do you make the decision not to do that marketing piece? I mean, it was kind of an easy one. You know, it was really, um, that was not our, you know, our experience was not in marketing and advertising. Our experience was in transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw a need for an operator specific to transportation here in the space. Um, and so we filled that need. And, you know, we our desire really is to do what we do and do it better than anybody else. Um, and there's, an, you know, there are enough people that are great at marketing and advertising. We don't need to kind of swerve into that lane. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about how you differentiate. You mentioned that software is really a piece of everything you do. Uh, unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah. 
So when we started doing transportation um, for cannabis operators here in Nevada, um, we found very quickly that there were no software solutions to sort of facilitate that process. And that lots of the off-the-shelf solutions that we'd used in the past for other transportation or logistics companies um, just did not fit the needs of the cannabis space. So luckily, you know, we have uh, had some very close friends that had worked in that work in development, um, doing contract work for Silicon Valley companies, and we were able to, you know, entice them to come in over to Blackbird to sort of owning something that they were building and mm-hmm. um, started to build out those software solutions for ourselves. So beginning with our own sort of tracking and dispatch software, extending that into e-commerce menus that would facilitate more orders for us to deliver, um, and then still continuing to extend that to sellable inventory management, wholesale menus, um, and really like a full end-to-end supply chain software and operations solution. Yeah, wow. How long did it take you to develop sort of that that suite of software? Um, I mean, we're still in the process. So, you know, we've been in business almost four years um, and and have been developing those offerings all along the way. So, yeah, we're still still in the midst of it. And how do you think that really sets you apart? I mean, what are the big benefits of having uh, what I'm sure was a pretty expensive process to build all this software? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it really is, a, it's the value add of, of having Blackbird either be your operator or your software provider. Um, you don't have to go out and find the other that's missing. Um, so, you know, it, the software piece helps to manage data that uh, is input into our system that is invaluable to operators and the operations piece you know reduces the expense and overhead that operators have uh, to operate and manage their business got it and in a really short amount of time do you feel like you've created a software on the dispatch sort of like routing side that's comparable to what else is out there because it seems like there's a lot of legacy players that have been doing specifically that for a long time yeah, I mean, so because our experience was as, you know, bicycle messengers and owning career companies for the past decade, I mean, we were able to tailor it specific to our needs. So I'd say every other courier software that I've used was built by technology companies, not by couriers. This this software was built by couriers and logistics experts. Got it. Well said. Um, and then you do both. You both do the sort of B2B side, and then there's Blackbird Go, which does the, the B2C, like directly to, to customers, correct? Yeah, totally. So, you know, kind of the differentiating factor for Blackbird Go is it really is we aren't a retailer. We deliver on behalf of retailers. Um, so we built Blackbird Go and those menus um, as a way to facilitate more orders for our clients and, you know, uh, benefit ourselves at the same time. So, you know, our the retail partners that we had early on were taking phone calls for delivery orders. We were like, this is not scalable. Um, and so we built those menus and instantly, you know, basically in the first 30, 30 days, they saw a 10x return on, um, on, uh, the, on that software piece. Right. That makes sense. And is it on demand or semi-scheduled or how quickly can you get delivered? Um, on demand and scheduled, we say under two hours, but right now our average delivery time is right about 57 minutes. 
Okay. Pretty normal then. Pretty normal. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I mean, there's some claims in San Francisco that there's 25 minutes or whatever, but I, it never works that fast for me anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jim, that's, I know that's like our whole thing. I mean, we're not uh, over promisers under delivered. Like, you know, I do a lot of ordering through platforms like Uber Eats and Grubhub. I mean, mm-hmm. my food's never to me faster than 45 minutes. So, <laughs> you know, I'm you know used the only to that. one that used to be was Sprig and Spoon Rocket, who had sort of the warehouse on wheels model where they had yeah. food in the car, but they uh, they ran out of VC dollars, I guess. Yeah, so. I was going to say, how, how, how are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was convenient. It was convenient yeah. for sure. Um, so, I think the most obvious comparison one people like to make a lot is. Uh, the alcohol distribution model. Um, how similar is that to the cannabis model and how similar do you see that in the future? I mean, I think that a lot, there are a lot of cannabis distributors that are sort of operating with that same, um, model to us. That model feels archaic and of very little benefit to not only the customer, the wholesaler, but also to the end user um, in the form of price. So that is not a model that we subscribe to and one that we sort of are looking to disassemble and have started to here in Nevada. Got it. And and what does that look like? How do you disassemble that model? I mean, by offering a better price point, you know, a better service and a better price point that makes sense to operators and consumers alike. Um you know, I think the reason that the three-tier system works is because it is massive and um, it's, you know, a pay-to-play model that exists for a very specific reason, you know, or was built for a very specific reason 100 years ago and exists today because of money and power. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just not one that we look are looking to continue in any way. Got it. Um, and because you've left out sort of that sales marketing piece, which, by the way, I think is the right decision, um, how does that differ in terms of price or like percentage that you're taking to distribute? Tell me about the business model a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's significantly less. You know, we can get as low, you know, we're like in the um, single digits of percentage of wholesale value for our services. Whereas that, you know, the three, the three tier model is relying on double digits, sometimes as high as 30% mm-hmm. um, of uh, wholesale value. And, you know, what we tell operators all the time and brands is we understand the cannabis space. People have been doing this for a long time. Um, they understand their product much better than we do. Um, they should be out there selling their product and you know, that is what they are experts in. They love the product that they have brought to market. They feel passionate about it. They're excited about it. They're excited about their packaging. Like they should be out there telling that story and then being confident that there is an operator that can, uh, meet the needs of the clients that they just landed. Absolutely. I never understand how a big distributor with 30 brands in their catalog can walk into a dispensary and adequately sell any of them. I just don't, there's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah, totally. And there, and there are companies that are good at that. I mean, you know, we work closely with a couple that I think, you know, for the catalog that they have, they do a a good job. Um, But at scale, it, the wheels start to fall off mm-hmm. and you know exi- like you just said if you walk in and you have a catalog of 200 products and you know four of them are drinks are you going to be able to sell all four drinks or is one going to take the lead 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, tell me a little bit. Just give me a sense for kind of traction. Like, where are you today with with the business? Um, so we, you know, we started in Nevada, uh, which is our home state, and today I would say we do about ninety percent of all the distribution here in this state, mm-hmm. um, and about seventy five percent of all the retail home delivery. Um, so we've had a really, you know, a great experience in Nevada. Um, the operators here are fantastic and um, have really sort of um, supported us as we've as we've expanded and grown. Uh, so that's Nevada. In California, we started in January with our first licensed facility there in Oakland um, and are currently operating statewide. We have, you know, about, uh, I would say, two dozen client wholesale clients in California and adding more and more every week about Mm -hmm. eight you know about eight to twelve a month so you know having a lot you know we anticipate that our California business will overtake our Nevada business by the end of the year yeah yeah certainly that would make sense just a much much bigger market when you say you cover all of California California is huge so how does that work logistically I mean is are we talking about go or are we talking about the the b2b like original blackbird um b2b currently um, we you know we will deli- we'd make any de- wholesale delivery anywhere in the state within 72 hours okay um so yeah i mean from our you know one location we're able to affect deliveries all across the state it's pretty much the same day and uh, how many of those are do you do any sort of the like subscription boxes you know what i mean like the um uh, i don't know i'm not going to name any any brands right now yeah. but but you know that, that come once a month or whatever um, we don't currently, you know, right now, uh, our model has been, you know, B2B delivery, so wholesale, you know, cultivation to manufacturing, manufacturing to retail. And then um, for on the B2C side, which we are currently only operating in the Bay Area, um, it really is on behalf of retailers. So we have like a fantastic relationship with the Apothecarium in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and we um, do delivery on their behalf and as we do in Southern Nevada. And take me through just the legality of that a little bit, because um, the way that I understood it previously, and I know it's sort of ever evolving, uh, is that you had to be an employee of the dispensary. And I've had this discussion with the Ease folks as well. Yeah. How, how does this work? Kind of take me through that overlap a little bit. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, the the employee is a uh, employee of the dispensary we manage that employee but um you know technically that is their employee um and i think that it is kind of an important distinction to us is you know we believe that the state that the spirit of that regulatory structure is to have good working good employment practices in the cannabis space which blackbird is completely uh, on board with and has advocated for since its uh, outset. Um, but it's probably untenable to think that, you know, retailers uh, in the long in the long term will be able to manage every piece of of their business. You know what I mean? Like they're not they don't Absolutely. Have, they don't install their own phone systems, you know, they don't have their own security guards. Like there are things as a business that you want to outsource. And we believe that, you know, in the long term, transportation and logistics will be one of those things. So we abide by the letter of the law, um, sort of, but anticipating that it will, you know, uh, evolve over time. 
And how does that distinction, the fact that the uh, the driver actually works for the dispensary, how does that affect your business today? I mean, wh- what could be better if they effectively worked for you? I mean, it, it, it makes the management of that employee complex, um, the hiring of that employee complex, the cost between our two entities is uh, higher. Um, you know, it just adds some complexities. So, you know, if they, if that person just did work for us solely that, you know, that would remove those complexities, but it's not an unworkable situation currently. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's working. And I think that the sort of fears that no third party delivery would be able to do it on half of brands has been alleviated sort of with this workaround. Do you think that that will maintain? I mean, do you think that this sort of gray area will, will hold? I think so. And I don't, you know, I don't even really think it's a gray area. I think it's like, okay, what, what does the law say? What's, what's the spirit of the law? What's the letter of the law? Let's find Mm -hmm. a way to, um, meet all of those requirements while still providing a service that's safe and compliant and, um, of benefit to the end user and our customer, the retailer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Okay, let's talk about fundraising just a bit. Um, you guys raised about a year ago now, correct? Uh, $1.85 million. Uh, Yes. How, how was that round? T- take me through that process a little bit. Um, I mean, it was good. I, you know, fundraising is the first time that we've ever fundraised. Um, you know, we've operated cash-positive businesses over the past decade. So, you know, building a business that we hope will be national in scale, Um you know, and needing to fundraise has been new for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we operate in Reno, Nevada. So, you know, access to that capital is, you know, a little different here. Um, so it was hard to be totally frank. Um, yep. But we were able to do it. But it took, yeah, it took a long time and it was a very difficult process for us. And given that you've had cash positive courier businesses in the past, we're going to get to that in, in just a minute. Um, why raise the money? What, what did you want to use that for over the last year? I mean, we are, you know, our, like I mentioned, our ambitions are national and our expansion efforts um, are uh, in line with that, with with that national vision. So um, building out distribution facilities, um, yeah, building out distribution facilities, scaling our software, uh, building out our, you know, our team has been, um, is, is expensive. Got it. Cool. And then, uh, so you're now uh, starting to look at the A round. Uh, what's the timeline like there? When do you think you'll you'll need I mean, to raise that? Yeah, we're trying to do it in the next six months. Six months. Yeah, that's reasonable, I think. And um, investors from the previous round, you're obviously going to need some new investors. You know, what what kind of investor are you looking for? I suppose is it? It's kind of a the eternal question. Is it just about the money, or are you really looking for some help here as well? I mean, we're looking we're looking for patient capital that has a you know value add to Blackbird. Um, we're very specific about the type of ethos that Blackbird represents as a business, and also for me personally. Um, so the investors should really be in line with that vision and then also, you know, understand, you know, excited about, you know, what we're doing and how we're moving forward. So yeah, we're kind of specific about the type of investor. Um, we have forged really wonderful relationships with some, um, cannabis specific, uh, 
funds in the Bay Area at this point. So kind of mm-hmm. looking to them for some some initial help and then or, or initial participation, I should say. And then, um, um, yeah, kind of going from there. Got it. Yeah. How much of the discussion uh, with investors or partners is a legal discussion still? Uh, you sort of sit in, in one of the most, uh, I guess, treacherous positions, transporting it, sort of taking the, a lot of risk there in, in some cases. How much do you think about that? How much do you talk about that these days? Um, man, it's funny because last year, um, we last year and early last year, we were talking about it a lot. Now I never talk about it. I mean, what I always say from our perspective is like, you know, we believe in this industry. We believe in this plant. There's no turning back for us. While I, while we are very, very active in government affairs, both on the local, state, and federal level, um, it's this is not a, you know, that's not a conversation, you know, that we're willing to have, of, you know, does this all go away? We believe very strongly right. that's just not the case. Um, well, you'd almost have to think that way, right, to get yeah. up and go to work every day and and try hard. Yeah, no, I find that most of the times that comes up just when they uh, when founders start to raise money because. Um, that's when investors think about risk a lot. Yeah. And I would say like, you know, when I talk to the funds, I think funds are still having that conversation with their investors. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not having that conversation with funds cause they're sort of in the same boat as us. Right. It's like, yeah, right. eh, we've invested our whole life into the lives into this at this point. So like, you know, we're going to ride it till the wheels fall off. Sure. And you can't account for a black swan situation, but other than that, um, move forward. Yep. Um, okay. Let's talk about your background a little bit. Uh, I'm fascinated by it because I used to be part of a logistics uh, startup myself called OnFleet. Yeah. Um, and one of my roles was to help onboard new couriers onto our software. So very familiar sort of of where you come from. Uh, legal couriers specifically, is that primarily what you guys did uh, in Reno? Yeah, I mean, so I was a bicycle messenger in San Francisco for five years okay. um, and I'm from the Bay Area um, and moved to Reno, Nevada to start kind of on the, I had a, we had a thesis that um, while bicycle messenger services were kind of suffering in large markets, um, there was a sort of a niche needing to be filled in third market cities like Reno um, in sort of the on-demand bike courier um uh, front. So I moved to Reno to start a bicycle messenger service about 10 years ago and did, and it's still in business today and has been really successful and really was the catalyst, um, for Blackbird. So maybe stupid question. I always wondered why the legal couriers existed given that you, know, you can email and print documents and, and all that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wet signatures, you know, wet signatures are still a real thing. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, but yeah, I mean, the existence of email and fax, I mean, that, you know, decimated the courier business sure. in large cities. But there are still documents that require what signature. Sometimes, you know, you just need originals, you know, building plans, uh-huh. um, things of that nature. Got it. Got it. Okay. And then around 2015, um, some friends told you that you should start looking at cannabis. That. Yeah, I mean, so we, you know, we were really lucky to know have some friends that were sort of transitioning from the gray market uh, into the legal cannabis market. Were awarded licenses here in Nevada, um, both retail and wholesale licenses, and they kind of said, 
hey, you know, you guys should really think about this. And it was a no-brainer for us. I mean, what we said when we decided to pivot our business into cannabis was, you know, we we already have a relationship with the plant. We have a relationship with um, uh, businesses that work with the plant. And we're kind of tired of, you know, we want to contribute to this new industry. This is the largest change since the end of prohibition to transportation. Um, and we want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's so exciting. I, I love that story. That's a that's a strand that goes through a lot of people's stories. Like I just I couldn't not be a part of it, um, and I I fall into that category as well. What was your relationship uh, with cannabis? You know, personally, up until then, were you kind of hesitant, or were you you know were you a fan already? No, I mean I was a fan. I mean, on, you know, I've seen the seen i've seen cannabis uh, impact people's lives in a really good way i'm i don't drink i'm not someone who enjoys alcohol i think that i've seen a lot of devastation around alcohol in my personal life and you know with my family and friends so but have not but have seen nothing but positive benefits uh with cannabis so you know that was my relationship to it and sort of just had a very strong belief that like this plant should be available to patients and consumers, responsible consumers. There's no reason that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you certainly play a very important role in that today. Um, 95 employees, majority of them are drivers, but 25 uh, development team and, and management team. What's it like to manage a, a team that big? Uh, honestly, it's like one of my favorite parts of getting up every day and coming to work at Blackbird. I mean, we have a fantastic team. We have wonderful, wonderful employees. I'm just like amazed at what they're able to accomplish with so little every day. Um, And, you know, I just really do find it to be like a very, very exciting part of my job is to just watch the people around me excel and exceed all of our expectations on a daily basis. I, yeah, that's really cool to hear. I think a lot of founders start to get to scale and then realize that they don't really like managing people. So, yeah, that's cool and important for the next step. That to, that's one of your favorite parts. Um, so integrations. Let's get back to the to the software side a little bit. Um, you said that Blackbird is its own software, and that's one of the beauties of working with Blackbird is you don't have to go find an additional software. But, of course, that's only as good as uh, it integrates with the other things that you're using. Um, can you talk about sort of the power of like those POS integrations and, and talk a little bit about how um, you fit into that landscape? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that anybody who's worked with cannabis software, um, especially in a state that has a track and trace system, will say like, you know, integrations are very difficult right now. Everybody's building software from scratch. Integration is probably the last thing on their roadmap. Um we, because we were a small provider early on, we were really kind of forced to build out integrations. So we currently, you know, our e-commerce me- menus integrate with MJ Freeway, Biotrack, Atlas, and GreenBits. Um, but, you know, like I just mentioned, the integration piece is really hard. I mean, the, AP, you know, API endpoints are limited um, and, you know, the integration piece is, is limited and causes some... Um, rub mm-hmm. for our clients for sure yeah i mean when you say the endpoints are limited that's really just about the other company creating those endpoints do you find that there's a hesitance uh to want to integrate 
Um, I don't know if it's a hesit. Like I, you know, I, I, we have great relationships with all of those providers. I think it's less of a hesitation and more of just like, um, a tech debt bottleneck, mm-hmm. just you know, um, bandwidth thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's we are all building these things as fast as possible, but on limited more limited budgets with small teams. So you know that is a while it's a you know quality of life thing that's very important to operators it's not it's not always mission critical and so i mm-hmm. think you know the uh apis are the thing that are sort of the last thing on the roadmap right now yeah i mean in some circumstances that could just mean like downloading a csv file and uploading it in a different software so may may yeah. not be mission critical I, I agree with you um, but certainly something that's going to be inc- you know increasingly more important is there Definitely. integration on your roadmap that you're really excited about or one that you haven't been able to get done yet or what what's next no uh, blackbird is kind of taking a different approach you know while we have those four integrations currently we are working on our own api so that um, software providers can integrate with us um, so that we can sort of like make that integration as um, robust as possible. So that's something we're really excited about is the ability for software providers to integrate to Blackbird and not vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's something that we're working on currently. Cool. Um, yeah, while we're talking about the future, tell me a little bit about what the future looks like. You're, you're going to raise a good amount of money this year. What's next? Um, I mean, really just shoring up our operations and um, traction in California. Uh, you know, California has been a little slower to get to scale as a state than we sort of anticipated. So yep. kind of waiting for the state to play catch up a little bit and then look into other markets. And how do you think about new markets? I mean, uh, there's actually a number that are online now. Um, how do you make that decision? So we sort of have three criteria that I, um, I I have three criteria that I sort of look at when talking about expansion. You know, one is there a robust cannabis market, which I sort of think of as um, over a hundred thousand either registered patients or potential customers. Um, and then two would be does it you know does the market allow for retail delivery? And three is do they have a is there a distribution license class? If the market meets those three criteria or even two of the three, then it's an expansion target for us. Got it. Um, and in the technology industry, uh, companies talk about a playbook, right? How they how they get to a new market and, and sort of the, the most frictionless way to open in that market. Is there sort of a piece in your playbook that's uh, particularly interesting or, or something that, you know, what, what's the first step in going into a new market, I guess? Um, I mean, honestly, we sort of lead with government affairs. So, you know, we found, even though we had zero experience in government affairs, we found really early on that it was an area that in which we were able to excel. Um, so we start talking to regulators and we just tell the story of how we were able to solve problems in Nevada and how we'd like to solve problems in this either new state or territory um, and kind of go from there. Got it. And how do you expect this the distribution model to sort of play out here? Um, there's increasingly more options for delivery. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that obviously dispensaries have their place, but do you expect the delivery side to grow dramatically more? You know, uh, how will most people get their cannabis in the future? I mean, I think people will get their cannabis like they get their other products. You know, there will you know other you know their toiletries or their dinner or their um, so from Amazon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that people will, there will be those that want to go into Whole Foods and touch their produce. There will be people that just want to reorder the same pampers on a scheduled basis every week. And then there will be those that want to do a mix of the two. I think retail has its place. I think delivery has its place. And I think that like the, the top operators in each of those categories will win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the pushbacks on delivery from governments are that it's hard to track. Uh, there's lots of possibility for corruption and stealing and all the, you know, meeting people at the door and what that could mean. Now, I've never had any of these problems, but <laughs> those, those, are the, those are the pushbacks that lawmakers have. Yeah. Um, how do you combat some of those? You know, how do you say, hey, we're different? Yeah, I mean, we were able to do that in Nevada. I mean, there was a time in Nevada where retail delivery was going to be outlawed. And, you know, I said very pointedly to the um, two regulators, like, to this point, we Blackbird has transported um, several million dollars worth of cannabis products to consumers without incident. Mm. Um, you know, we track the delivery, we pre-verify the user we verify the user again upon delivery we track our drivers everything is done in a way that you know provides as much clarity and insight to the process as possible and we then provide access to that to regulators so you know it is possible it's an expensive and arduous process but it's possible and it's an important one because we talk about sort of you know one thing all the time when talking about combating the black market and that's access and access comes for consumers comes down to price and it comes down to you know ease of um procuring product you know if if product is too expensive consumers are going to go to the black market if Mm -hmm. consumers can get their product delivered to their door from the black market but not uh in the legal market then they're going to continue to use illegal delivery services so you know it's like what do regulators want do they want the black market to go away um, and if so, then they need to find a way to allow retail delivery. Got it. Yeah, 100%. And if you're going to limit the number of retail stores, uh, locations, then you absolutely have to support delivery because there just isn't enough access um, at that point. Uh, so as you look ahead, is there, how big can this business be? I mean, is this a business that you sell and gets acquired at some point, or do you want to build this into a huge business and be, be the head of it? Um, I mean, we really believe in our vision and I think, you know, have been able to execute on that vision for the past three and a half years and want to continue to execute that vision. Um, I will say, you know, it's been a a long, difficult process, but we owe it to our customers and our clients and our employees to see it through to the end um, and allow as many people to benefit from that scale as possible. So that really Mm -hmm. is, you know, that's our intention. And let's just take California, I suppose. How much of the logistics cannabis market do you think you can capture California? Uh, I'm trying to get all of it pretty much, but, (laughs) um, I mean, 
Look, I, you know, we, we really believe in our service. You know, we don't, so as much as possible, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. We don't have a, we haven't really put a number on it, but I would say like, you know, we're kind of gaining traction every day and able to provide, you know, people a service that we're really proud of. So sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Um, let's just switch gears just a bit when you're done. Uh, with your logistics for the day and, and getting everybody else their cannabis and you get home, how do you like to consume your cannabis? Uh, favorite strain? How do you, you know, pipes, bongs, edibles? What, what are you into? Um, you know, I'm, I, I like to roll joints, but I've been really kind of on a vape kick and I've been um, using Level Blends um, uh-huh. assortment of vape, vape products. I mean, they're fanta- fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Level will be on the show soon. I was just in their office uh, last week or so. So, oh, yeah. nice. We we love yeah. them, and I'll you know that product is fantastic. So anyone who hasn't tried it, definitely get some. Yeah, totally. And the sublinguals and the, mm-hmm. the new products are super cool too. Um, yeah, uh, this has been an awesome interview. I feel like I learned a lot. You answer the distribution questions with such clarity, whereas I think other people are hesitant to do so for whatever reason. Maybe they're they're legally concerned or, or otherwise. Um, how can our audience help you? There's lots of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, uh, cannabis investors, people thinking about getting into the industry. Um, are you hiring for anything? This is your your chance to sort of plug whatever whatever you'd like. Man, I mean, I would say just, you know, get involved. Like if you're looking at making a positive impact on this industry, get involved. There's so much space still for people to participate, um, even if it feels like that ship has sailed. So that's just kind of on like a higher high, high level. But uh, and then as far as Blackbird goes, we're always looking for good people. Always. Um, you can email us at careers at blackbirdgo.com. Um, we are expanding rapidly and looking at lots of additional states. Um, on the west and east coast so yeah reach out to us let us know what you're up to good stuff tim well thanks again so much for joining us and uh, it was a pleasure yeah it was a pleasure thanks brandon i appreciate your time absolutely thanks for listening guys we'll see you next time